nothing to see here at the podcast. If you say, if you say it, I'll believe you. If you say there's nothing to see, I won't even look. I'll, I'll trust you. I don't care. I don't care if I hear the train tracks rumbling behind me and the siren going. If you told me there's nothing to see, I'm just going to keep going. Why would there be a siren going? Because they'd be going like, because the train would be going like, trying to alert me that it's coming. I don't know. Have you been around a lot of trains? Yeah, I grew up in a train. <laughs> my mom tried to get rid of me, but the train kept coming right back around to my house. Yeah, and I recognized it because I left all my. You're born on Snowpiercer. Yeah, and I recognized it because I left all my stuff outside all the time because I was a horrible kid, and that's why my mom put me on the train. Yeah, well, sounds about right. Yeah, but... I mean, I'd put you on the train if you were my kid. Yeah. Well. Thor was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast that tries to explain nerd culture to the outside world. I am your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan. With me, I have two phenomenal guests. One is the editor of the Funkhauser blog, also the host of the Funkhauser Situation, and writer, producer, reporter, co-host, and general everyman on Hay, Kentucky, Christopher Tomlin. Chris, thank you for joining us. Hello, friends. Nice to be here. <laughs> the other is a associate producer and other general everyman on Hay, Kentucky, because it's a, you know, a title we all share. <laughs> and that as is... long as you tell people I have a full time job, that's fine. <laughs> Are you listening, he, Mrs. He, Day? <laughs> he is gainfully employed, <laughs> Noah's mom. You see, mom! <laughs> he is also a stand up periodically, and that is Noah Day. Noah, thank oh, you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> I already blew my load on that other part. <laughs> <laughs> now, David could not be here today. He wished he could be, but he was busy. Also, we're going to be talking a lot about Thor Ragnarok, and he hasn't seen it yet, and doesn't want everything ruined for him. And it turns out that he's been dead the whole time. <laughs> True, David was just a ghost, <laughs> and a figment of my imagination. <laughs> Alright, so what did we think of it? I mean, I thought it was good. Alright, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> There's our spoiler-filled review of Thor. It's pretty good! <laughs> Not bad. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. I would have, I mean, you know, I paid a little too much for my ticket, but I did get the reclining seats, and I liked that a lot. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. We get it, Noah. You saw it in IMAX in reclining seats. <laughs> it's like it's not like you went to space and SpaceX. I mean, behold <laughs> me, peasants. <laughs> I will say, I did not pay for IMAX, but still got reclining seats. I saw it in that. an old box. <laughs> Chris As is fitting of your station <laughs> Chris watched it through the open window of yeah. a person who got a screener copy yeah. he, watched, I he wa just watched it on my periscope I watched it through the air grates in the vents above the theater <laughs> he watched oh. it on Mark Ruffalo's periscope yeah. which is one of my favorite stories of Thor Ragnarok let me ask you this let me ask you this so uh -huh. I was talking to someone earlier, <clears throat> that was my mom, and she was telling me, she asked me the difference between RPX and IMAX, and 
Oh, uh, we get it. You saw it in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> Moving she said, on. She said. <laughs> so anyway, everybody. This sometimes my eyes hurt because the IMAX was so good. You guys have that problem? You know what? I think people get the picture now. I had nineteen dollars of disposable income and a hankering to see Thor. On the weekend, so that's all. That's fine. But is there a difference? Between, what's the difference between RPX and IMAX? I believe RPX is more just audio versus like IMAX. You have the whole visual element. Okay, thank you. So take that, mom. That's two things that I've stuck my mom with today. And so RPX, for those wondering, that is the best way to listen to our podcast. You really get the depth <laughs> and the feel of it if you're listening in a full RPX experience. Or if you're, you know, very elitist like Noah, you can see it in IMAX. <laughs> and like RPX or IMAX, it will cost you $19 that you can send directly to my apartment. Now, of course, Thor, uh, it has made the most uh, on the opening weekend of any other Thor movie, beating the others pretty handily. Yeah, but come on. Is that a big yeah. feat? No, because it's the first yeah. good one. Yeah, hold on now. There's an interesting thing here, though. I, I agree that both the other Thor movies were not great, but Chris, you like the second one better. Mm-hmm. As do I. And so, and by the way, what? when I say I like the second one better, that's like saying I like hitting my hand with a hammer less than I like my hitting my foot with a hammer. I mean, like and, I, no, and as no. a person who understands and can appreciate high level art. In IMAX, uh, I, I just what makes you two so wrong in liking that one better? I don't think anything makes us wrong in liking that one better. I don't know. I felt like stuff happened in the second one, where the first one was like the first one was just oh look, this giant muscle bound guy appeared in this small town. Yeah, I, I think that for me it was that. The second one took itself slightly less seriously than the first one. Yeah. And I yeah. like that. Uh, I, and then this one, of course, dialed that up to 11. I guess a lot of mine was just that I I got sick of living in CGI world for the whole movie. Like, and mm. I, like, it wasn't, I guess the third one is kind of, you know, all that too, but it just wasn't as bad. Like, I just, I thought the Thor movies, like the first and second one had like the cheesiest like CGI worlds ever. And the second one, it was just they were in that a lot more. I could see that. Do you think that there was a conversation where they were like, look, these standalone Thor movies are not people's favorites. But Thor is around for the long haul, so let's do something with him to get people on his side. Because what, what they did, I mean, like, I'm talking as a person who didn't care much for either of the first two. Yeah. And I loved it. I mean, I thought was, I'm on board now with Thor. I think part of it is they probably made some contract deals with a lot of those actors, and so they probably were like, well, we owe them another Thor movie, so we'll just take a chance and do this crazy thing with it, and then it turned out to be good. Well, I don't think that they, I think that they just, like, I mean, I'd, I'd assume that, you know, Kevin Feige just kind of understands that, like, a comic book, you know, that's gone stale, like the Thor franchise was, you can just relaunch it in a different way, and then people will pick back up on it. Like, the, the actor who plays Thor... In both movies, he is good. The movie sucked, but he's mm -hmm. still good. So it's fine. 
And interestingly, he was actually a big driving creative force on this one. He helped pick out even the director and a lot of the cast said that he called them expressly and said like, oh, I'd love to get you all to in to help me out with this. And he helped even come up with some of the major plot points in the movie. And he was the one who decided to cut his own hair. Yeah, because he got really tired of that haircut. <laughs> I feel like um, Marvel is really... I wonder if they're noticing that these lighter movies are gigantic hits. Because now they've had Thor, Guardians, and Spider-Man all in a row, and all of them have just been just beloved. And to be honest, when you put... like, they're ma- These new movies are making me care less about the first two Avengers movies, to be honest. Right. Uh, because right. I feel like, oh, these are so much fun. These are great movie-going experiences. And, like, I enjoy them so much more than something that's clearly silly. I mean, let's be honest. Superheroes are silly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Taken How dare so, you, ta- sir? But taken so seriously. So, like, I wonder if they've noticed, hey, when we loosen the reins on this and have a little more fun, people really are responding to this. Yeah, and I, that's what DC's problem is. That is DC's problem. Though let's not get off on another Justice League tangent. And let's this brings us right back around to the Justice League trailer. <laughs> We've suckered you in. Now get ready for 40 minutes of the Justice League. We're locked into this one. Look, we'll have time to discuss Psych. that. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you but, what, this movie did make me want to go watch Flight of the Concords again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like what we do in the shadows, yeah. and search for the wilder people. Like yeah. I just, yeah, I loved it. Well, I think one thing they noticed is probably I would say around Ant Man, they said a lot of the fun, stylistic, more standalone movies seem to be surprise hits. And you have that with Guardians. You have that with Ant Man. You had that all summer long with Marvel movies. And I think they just decided, well, we'll lean into sort of the fun aspect of comics and we'll lean in to this fun nature of it. And then we'll get to maybe find something cool. And you get directors who get to put their own stamp and their own look on it. And it doesn't all have to be the same kind of thing. I think that uh, I, part of me too thinks that uh, when they first started making the superhero movies, they expected that what people wanted to see was them taken seriously for movies. And then mm-hmm. now they kind of just find out that now that, that people don't want that. That's a great point you bring up, though. I mean, like, and I, this is kind of a parallelism, but uh, I noticed this weekend, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ben Folds, all right? Mm-hmm. He has a new album out, and it's called Live at Perth. And what he did was he let all of these Australian composers create symphonic arrangements of his songs. Now, he's done that in America with other symphonies, but this was Australian composers. And as a result, I'm listening to a whole new take on his songs and with a symphonic arrangement. And I feel like what you're saying is the same thing. It's like, it's almost like letting an artist interpret, you know, what this source material is. It works. It's cool. It's like watching a bunch of different takes on something with a bunch of different, you know, voices and uh, angles. And it's really fun. And an interesting thing is they're being very creative, even with their choice of directors. This is a thing I loved. Someone has put together the top five opening weekends for all of uh, Taika Waititi's movies. And it's actually just a top four because he's just done four movies. Thor Ragnarok, unsurprisingly, 
is number one with 122 million dollars that's not even a statistic that's just like (laughs) (laughs) i just like saying like hey you know i noticed that i started wearing shoes outside and i have a lot less cuts on my feet like it's just obvious like but the interesting thing is, what we do in the shadows is number two with eighty-eight thousand. And if you put the total gross of all of the his other movies, they are still less than the Thursday night box office of Thor Ragnarok. And yet, Marvel looked at those three films and went, "Yeah, this is a guy who we're going to hand a big piece of our franchise to." Yeah, this guy. What gets was the us? conversation yeah. that led to him getting that role? I would love to hear that conversation. I'd love to just, like, find the connections between him and someone else involved with Marvel. Because it had to be at some, like, Hollywood cocktail party where he interacted with someone that interacted with someone that interacted with Kevin Feige and it led them to each other or something. It's really ballsy, to be honest. I mean, like, to to be like, we're going to let it, but we know, you have to feel confident that we've, that Marvel has to be like, we've built this brand up enough now mm-hmm. that the the canon is there enough that we can just start going cuckoo with these movies and it's not going to make everybody crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think it's just they've kind of done it before cuz James Gunn, well he had done a bunch of movies, they hadn't been huge box office success successes. Probably his biggest box office success was Scooby Doo before Guardians. Yeah. And yet they were like, well, here, here's these characters most people have never heard of. You're going to develop our entire sort of space branch of Marvel movies. Good luck. (laughs) But they allowed him to be himself as a director and they got a really good movie out of it. And the same goes with Taika Waititi. Yeah, it was really good. I like the, <laughs> I like that point you made, Chris, about wanting to watch uh, all of his other stuff. I just like watching anything from New Zealand. Have you yeah. seen Short Poppies on Netflix? <laughs> no, I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, oh my god, it's a. Uh, I can't remember who. It's not Taika Waititi, but the star of the show is Reese Darby, and I it's love like a, him. Yeah, it's like an anthology series, and every episode he plays a different character. But then as the episodes go on, these characters end up like. Their stories start like interacting and stuff. Like they'll, you find out like that these people have been like really close to each other the whole time. So like their stories will interact in really interesting ways. And he just plays like a huge <laughs> myriad of like weird characters of like basically people that are uh, stereotypes of like New Zealand culture. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised Reese Darby didn't show up in this. Yeah, I I thought for a second that was him. That was the purple rock man but like i just mixed his voice up for a second yeah i thought that was i thought that might be brett uh mckenzie at first no um i knew it wouldn't be jamaica jamaica clement does too many voices like he does too many animation yeah, voices he, these days you, you couldn't really. use him and also he's very distinct like you wouldn't mix him up with anyone no he's got a pretty distinctive voice i i spent most of the movie going like i know that voice from something but i can't place it and then like i looked up i was like oh Jermaine Clement has a really cool podcast that's like a, uh, it's uh, kind of in the style of a radio play called the, uh, oh god, what's it called? The Botanarium thing? Yeah, the Botanarium, yeah, Birdie. Is, is that good? Botanarium. Is that good? Yes, is, it, is it funny? Yes. I'll check that out. It's very funny. 
It's very, very like New cool. Zealandy funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's one episode of that show I was telling you about short poppies where Free Starby plays a guy who he's a lifeguard and he he's really proud that he invented a sunscreen that's just for your legs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see it. <laughs> Sounds like I have some required watching to do here in a second. I think it might still be on Netflix and stuff. So if they want to sponsor us for plugging it, whatever. Netflix, reach out. Yeah, we have six loyal followers, and they will all watch it. We have more than six loyal followers. Do we? I don't even know how many. I don't even know how many people listened to the last one. We got some decent downloads. Nice. So like fifteen. About 30, maybe. About 30. Nice. Nice. Good going. I, I didn't want to tell you at first. Didn't want you to get a big head about it. Well, it's there. I've got it. Good thing I'm laying down. Feel moody. Got a big head. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, because this discussion almost always happens pre-podcast recording, Noah just likes to lay down so he can drift off midway through. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, che- I just check out 25 minutes in. Very specific time. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just like to be relaxed. I'm in pod format right here, laid down, legs propped up, head on a pillow. Nice prime pod format. Now let me ask you guys something, because you guys are source material dudes. Yes. Was this solid in terms of being a source material canon story for Thor? In a lot of ways, yes. In other ways, no. However, the thing I loved as a comic book fan from it is the art style of the movie is very much like Jack Kirby. He like was the creator of Marvel along with Stan Lee and was there for most of everyone's first issues, including Thor. And he had a very crazy and awesome and colorful and just generally amazing art style. And this movie, I felt like, captured the feel of Kirby's artwork. Mm. And I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> as a source material guy, I, I don't, I don't really care if it's that much like it or not. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it is and it isn't. Like, they get the lore, you know, it's fine. It's not really a lot like a lot of Thor comics. A lot of Thor comics are really way more Norsey in their language and stuff. And Thor talks way more like, you know, like he's from a storybook or something. Yeah, but I but that's I don't care. <laughs> it's not the same thing. So Thor yeah. never had like a self-aware uh phase in the comics. No, uh, not no. really. Yeah, no. He's 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 very vanilla. Yeah, and Thor comics they always try to take seriously even when he's a frog. What? But he's still cool. He's still cool. Wait, hey, wait, wait, guys- wait, 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 wait. You can't just glance over that. When okay, he was, there was a, a frog? There was a time in the comics where I... It was Loki, right, Noah? Yeah. Loki turned his brother into a frog. And he was However, Frog Thor. He was Frog Thor. However, despite that, he's still worthy of the hammer. So, like, you basically have... He has, like, a cape and helmet and a small hammer, and it's really just amazing. It's like when you dress up your dog for Halloween, only it's a frog. <laughs> but, uh... He could create really tiny swords. Did you guys notice? Did you that guys sounds notice? ridiculous. It amazes me some of the stuff that you comic book people let slide. Because if you made a whole movie where Thor was a frog, it would get destroyed. I believe it would be amazing. 
And there I you mean, go, Chris. here's the thing. I don't know if we talked about this <laughs> earlier, but I'm a huge fan of like interesting concepts. <laughs> so I would watch it. I would love a Frog Thor movie. They did a whole comic series called The Pet Avengers, and it was just a series of animals who are pets of other superheroes who have powers. And so it's like there's Lockheed, who's a dragon. You have Lockjaw, who is the giant bulldog who can teleport in the Inhumans. Oh, I do know him. He has like a little antenna on his head. Yeah. He does. Okay. How do the superheroes end up with the superhero <laughs> pets? It seems really like that. The, what are the odds of that? Where do, where do they go to the pet store at? Well, it's crypto in crypto. Uh huh. The dog. Yeah, super dog. Yeah, there's a whole team of superhero pets in Astro City. I, I had a professor who has every single comic that even had one frame of Crypto the dog in it. Sounds kind of. Uh, he also sounds kind every, of fetishistic. There. Uh, yeah, he also had every single comic that had Hal Jordan and Sinestro, but he sold all the Hal Jordan ones and uh, put the down payment on his house. That would actually be worth something. I can't imagine. Paying that much for the crypto collection. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's cool, though. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, but anyway, hey, I was trying, I was making a point earlier. Did you guys notice in the Thor movie, when they were looking at that tower on that planet that the uh, crazy guy lived in, oh, that yeah. Beta Ray Bill was on the side of it? Yes, I saw yeah. Beta Ray Bill there. Horse Thor! Horse Thor! I don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay, there was a point the first time in the comics where Thor was unworthy there was sort of a debate as to who gets the hammer and there were people fighting over it. And then this alien who's this horse alien picked up the hammer and was worthy. And he was given the powers of Thor. And his name is beta Ray bill. He's a horse from space named bill. These things all make perfect sense. Yeah. So let's cross over it. Shall we? I don't think they gave him too in-depth the backstory, at least not at the time. It was just like, yeah, he's an alien horse who can pick up Thor's hammer, and now is the god of thunder. Did it bother any of you guys that, have, like, halfway through the movie I began to realize, oh, he's not getting his hammer back. <laughs> like, this is a thing now. He doesn't have a hammer anymore. Yeah, no. And I thought, how, how did Disney and Marvel let this happen? The marketing dollars they're going to suffer alone from children's Thor hammers has to be going to be huge. I guess we're going to have to sell kids tiny axes now. How 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 are they going to do this? What does he he does have an axe from here on out? Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. He has different things, but he he does get an axe when he loses his hammer, but it's you know, if you read the comics and stuff, it's not really that odd when he loses his hammer. He does that all the time. Are you saying that, that we're going to skip to the unworthy Thor with the axe Yarnbjorn? Yeah, I know the axe's name. My, <laughs> what of it? my favorite version of Thor is the one where he, he throws acid in people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised that in my mind... You're talking about Saudi Arabia Thor? <laughs> oh! <laughs> saying they do that there <laughs> well there goes our saudi arabia audience yeah oh, we were I, gonna pick up many sponsors there anyway i will say they could just find a way to reforge the hammer because that's also been done a bunch of times here's the thing if they reforge it could they make it a little less dopey looking no 
Because it always has to look slightly dopey. Oh wait, the the hammer was made from a quote unquote dying star. How are they gonna do that again? Just find another dying star at Target. What and send a, a send a rudimentary Norse person up to a star and and do it? What what are they gonna do there? Should I give sort of the explanation of how Thor's hammer was forged? Here's my explanation for stuff like that. You don't need to worry about that stuff. You just pay the guy and don't worry about it. Just get your hammer when he's done. Just pay the guy. Look away. <laughs> don't have to worry about how it's done. I was just thinking. Look, I was. I was I can... But I thought if you were going to get him his hammer back, he would have it back at the end of the movie. Like I kept thinking, oh, the hammer will come back. That's lame, dude. So wait, but now you have to, but now, since you didn't address it in that movie, you have to address it now before Infinity Wars, right? Are you not, are you not worried about the fact that he also doesn't have an eye? Uh, Yeah, yeah, is that going to be a thing now too? (laughs) Yeah, whatever, who cares? Cut his hand off. (laughs) King Thor. Let's not cut his hand off and turn him into Aquaman in the 90s. Nah, man, he got his <laughs> hand cut off. Like, uh, for the King Thor Oh, thing. yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he got his eye, he lost his hammer, and he lost his arm. <laughs> I think he lost his arm again recently in the comics and got, like, a robot hand. Yeah, who cares? It's comic books. I mean, you people who don't read them, you gotta get used to this stuff. They just, they cut their arms off and legs and poke their eyes out, and then they get them back eventually. You just be patient. They'll get them back. That is actually true. Is I know, like, Chris is asking questions about this, and that's good. That's what we're here to do. But at the same time, like, it, we come from comics where this stuff happens all the time. So, are, you guys are just then used to somebody, like, losing a leg or losing an arm and being like, well, this is no big deal. Like, you, you're just confident that'll work itself out or because like to me i was like oh my god his hammer is gone where did his hammer go well when you've been reading a book that's being written for like 40 years then eventually someone's got to lose an arm or something just to keep you awake look that's not even the most egregious example i can think of chris there was a point where punisher through various means died was brought back in a frankenstein's monster type thing and then later was restored to life and normalcy. Wow. Like it goes it goes until the story no longer needs to be about Franken Castle and needs to be about Frank Castle again. And you guys were cool with that? I guess that's my question, like if it is well written enough and if it's presented well, I can forgive a lot of things continuity wise. I say mangle them up. People get too comfortable watching stuff where no one ever gets hurt and there's no consequences by the end of the movie ever. I, I, I get it. I just think it's really interesting because I guess you guys have been trained by years of reading comic books to sort of be cool with things like that, whereas I, not being a real comic book guy, if like if you did that to a show I watched, like if you suddenly said, okay, um, I'm trying to think, if all of a sudden Larry David next season is in the body of a Frankenstein, I'd be like, no, this is not okay. This is weird. You know? Well, look, and you guys look. are like, oh, yeah, well, he turned a Frankenstein. We kept reading it. And then he turned back. You know? You don't want to know how it turns out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you be interested in where the Larry David being turned into a Frankenstein story would go? Well, but there are so many comic books. I'm surprised you guys don't just go, okay, this. I've lost the thread here. Like I've lost. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, you do. You just you lose. 
I don't read every comic book. It just you you read one until it's not interesting anymore, and you just move on to a different one. And the Punisher turning into Frankenstein isn't that moment in the Punisher for you? What you have to know for that one especially, leading into it, Punisher's kind of sales were down in comics because like he's kind of a one note character lots of times. And so what they did is they're like, well, we need a big change. And comics do this from time to time where they say, we need, you know, sales are down. We need something big to bring in an audience. It's why they killed off Superman in the 90s. And so if, they, my, co- if my cousin is listening to this, I don't know what he's talking about with the Punisher. And I don't agree with anything he said about the Punisher being one note or anything. I'm not associated with this at all. Continue. Fine, that's my interpretation of the Punisher. I'm not the biggest Punisher fan. I will wholeheartedly admit that. I'll leave that to <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that to John Bernthal to help me out with. But basically, so they did something because there's in Marvel there's a monster city, an underground thing that has a bunch of like vampires and monsters and man thing, and they made Frank Castle have to sort of defend it because usually those would be the kind of things he'd fight and then he saw like, oh, they have just lives down here. They're trying to live normal lives and they are constantly being hunted by people like me. They need someone to help protect him and that was him for a bit. Then he found a magic stone and got turned to a human again. (laughs) That makes... That really clears a lot up, Daniel. Thanks. <laughs> I guess it's just, it, it's interesting to me. I think it's really cool. I mean, things, I think it's cool that both of you guys are like, yeah, we do this. We read these comics and these crazy things happen. And instead of being like, like you would with a TV show where you go, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out of this. Then you just keep reading until you come out the other side of it. Or you don't. Yeah. The thing is I've stopped on a bunch of them as well. Uh, I mean, Marvel did an event a few years ago called Axis, where just they took a bunch of their characters, like, okay, all the good guys are bad guys now, all the bad guys are good guys, and I read an issue and I was like, this is awful, and then I never read it again. And so it comes down to, is it a story well told? And my take on like continuity across pretty much all media is, is it in service to the story, to the greater story, and to being able to do good storytelling that they fudge their continuity just a bit to make something work or do they avoid taking risks and doing interesting side stories for fear that they will throw off in terms of like doctor who 50 years of continuity i think that's cool i mean i think it's really admirable i mean like i'm like i just told somebody today i'm tapping out of walking dead I've, i've totally lost interest Every time I watch it, I feel like this is something I've seen before, and I'm done. I'm not interested in any, anymore. I don't think I'm going to watch it anymore. But, like, you know, I guess, is it because comics singularly are very digestible, so it's not, like, a huge time out of your day to read one? That could be part of it. Yeah, they just they just add up into huge chunks out of your wallet. Yeah. They do. Yeah, I pretty much just... I just pretty much just don't even do single issues anymore. I just wait till the trades I want come out. I'm a very patient comic fan. How do you do it? What the? What do you say? What's the difference? Uh, money. Like, and also, uh, they can sit on a shelf. 
like the trades trade paperbacks is basically when they take like uh for example like six single issues and put them in a book okay but they but they'll come out with the single issues first and then like after those six come out then like a month or two will go by and then the uh, graphic novel will come out and then i decide whether i want it let me ask you guys mm-hmm. this you know i'm gonna make you earn the title of this <laughs> podcast okay <laughs> so right. I, let's say i'm interested in finding a comic that i want to read okay all right okay what but I, listen i don't have time to go to a comic book store I don't, I don't cool. okay, I just don't. There's not one near me. That's I fine. would have to go find someone in find one in Fort Mitchell or something like that. So is there a way for me to get a com comics online? Yes. And part B, can I just pick up anywhere and just start reading? Is it like oh, a it's yeah. like a so it's like a soap opera? Yes. Like I can pick up anywhere yeah, and just keep yeah. going? No, you know, Absolutely. you just need to think of this a different way. See, this is like this is the beauty about graphic novels too, or like trade paperbacks. You you can just get one of those, and that's a whole story. Like you don't have to get all the issues and stuff. You don't have to think of it as like you're finding all the pieces of a puzzle of the story that you want, or that you have to go start at the beginning and catch up to the thing you want to read about. Because they just like like even like Spider Man, which would have like. Like the Amazing Spider-Man run that had like what was it seven was it like seven hundred ninety something issues? Didn't it hit? Or was it like yeah? yeah. It was, I think it was seven hundred ninety because I think I have issue seven hundred. But like it hit that many issues, but that's like hundreds of or not hundreds of sorry, that's like a hundred stories in that or more. Might, yeah, way more than that because some of them will be mm-hmm. like two issues long, and you can just read that. You don't have to know everything. It'll help if you know like more, but for the most part. You can just pick out, like, a couple of those, and they probably already have them in a graphic novel, and it'll be, like, named its own thing, like a book will be, and mm-hmm. as a trade paperback. Like, if you wanted to, like, let's say you wanted to do Batman, but you don't know where to start with Batman, well, then you just need to pick up the good Batman stories in their graphic novel form, like Dark Knight Returns. And if you read that, you'll immediately notice that a lot of the movies are heavily like influenced by that comic book or the long Halloween. You'll also notice a lot of the movies are influenced by that comic book. And then, yeah, like the dark Knight and, uh, dark Knight rises and Batman versus Superman. All three of those have like elements from those two books and they're contained little stories. You can buy them on Amazon. Like you can probably get uh long Halloween for 11 bucks. You can probably get dark Knight returns for, 10, 12 bucks on Amazon, get it to your house in two days. It's a can it's a fully developed story in a book. And there is also an online service called Comixology that has I think it's been recently or not recently, it's happened years ago, but it was bought by Amazon and it's just digital comics and they have apps that work well with tablets and phones. And your phone one will take you panel by panel through a page. So you're not having to like zoom in and look at trying to look at tiny font on the phone screen. It just, it makes it fit. Well, correctly. that's cool and everything, but I think the point is just that, like, how do you get into them if you don't know anything about exactly. them? It's just go to the graphic novels and pit and, like, just look up what are the best stories for Batman, and then the, someone mm-hmm. will point you right to it on Amazon. Okay, so but and can like, I get any for free on Amazon? Like, I'm a Prime member, so yes. tell me something that, like, can I go on this Comixology and subscribe as a Prime member? Comixology does have 
uh, some free comics. And I think you can sign in with your Amazon account there, and they can. Amazon sometimes has some free Here's the stuff thing. you can look at. They have a well. lot of like number ones and zeros for free and stuff. You'll never get into comics that way. It, like you got to buy the yeah. physical. And I don't even think. Like the apps are great, they work well and they're fine. I can't get in. I can't read them on like a computer or like a tablet or anything. Like I gotta have the book. Mm-hmm. So like you gotta mm-hmm. basically just buy the books. But the one I would recommend uh, would be a good one to get you started. Like if you like Batman, get Court of Owls, or if you like, yes. or get Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns got funny artwork and stuff that's hard to get used to, but like you. you'll like it once you start reading the comic but it it'll throw you for a bit court of owls might be a good intro i would also say probably kingdom come a little bit is a good one well that one's like got a lot of stuff you need to know about like Eh, like it's fairly self-contained and that's another thing chris like the best way like noah's been saying is find a character you're interested in and just kind of look up like what's the best story for spider-man what's the best story for iron man and you can find some suggestions easily and lots of times the ones i've seen be it single issues or even trades will have some kind of forward or some kind of thing that kind of gives you hey this is the information you need before going into this if you need to know anything most of them just are good stories standalone yeah so i'm looking on amazon now i see that i i Put in my prime. I, I logged in. I see I have Planet Hulk for free. That's actually a good I, one. Deadpool Volume One: Secret Invasion. Like there are a bunch on here. World War Hulk for free. World War Hulk is free. Yep. They got Planet Hulk for free. That's crazy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Thor. There's Thor. 2007 to 2011. Uh, so I could just pick up any of these, right? I guess pretty so, much. Yeah. yeah. And actually, if you liked a lot of Thor Ragnarok that comes from Planet Hulk. Uh, the whole Planet Sakaar is based off of that storyline. Hmm. And that version of Hulk, who's the gladiator, is comes from Planet Hulk. And it looks like I can w- read it on Comixology for nothing with my Prime membership. Well, mm-hmm. huh. shit. I didn't know <laughs> that you got that. I thought that like used to, used to like years ago whenever I saw that. I haven't been on there in a long time, but years ago when I got on there, there was nothing for free. It was like Nova number zero. Yeah. They've gotten a lot better with having free stuff since they've been bought by Amazon. Snap. Well, awesome. well, I didn't mean to sidetrack everybody, so you can... No, you know, I, I mean, you, you were kind of right. I'm going to check that out after this, we get off here. <laughs> that's what this podcast is for. Yeah. It's, it's for those kinds of questions. I'm always happy to help get other people interested in comics. Well, no, I appreciate you answering my questions. But I mean, I these are questions I have because you guys are comics guys, and you know that's such an interesting mm-hmm. culture. And for those of us who are outside of it, sometimes it's like, well, I don't even know how I plug into it. You know, so some of these Superman, Batman, they've been around since the 30s and 40s, and you're just like, how much do I have to know before I get into this story? Right. I'll check that out. I'll check it out. I'll, check, I'll find something on Comixology and start reading it. And if Comixology would like to sponsor <laughs> yeah. us, just please reach yeah. out and let me know. <laughs> Earlier when I said that I can't stand reading on your app, uh, that was a joke. <laughs> Noah does not know how amazing your app is. That was a joke written by someone else. No big deal. <laughs> 
a lot of people have been saying it feels like Ragnarok feels more like a comedy necessarily than a Thor movie or a superhero movie. But I mean, superhero movies in general have played with genres and subgenres a lot. And I feel like that's just how they keep it fresh and how they keep it going. What's your take? Yeah, there we go. Next topic, flip the page. <laughs> and scroll. No, I like it. And you know what? I, I really hadn't paid much attention to, like, uh, you know, we're. I know New Mutants is kind of doing that with, like, being, like, a horror thing. And mm-hmm. I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to that until you mentioned it. I like it a lot. One thing I was curious about, though, can't really tell what their powers are from the like the trailer so what yes. what's going on like i don't I don't, really, I don't know the new mutants or anything like it looks to me like their powers are to make people appear out of the wall <laughs> well the interesting thing is i'm not as big a new mutants fan as even other people in my family mm-hmm. uh, i have a sister who really loves the new mutants but the interesting thing it, there is you do have one member of the team who is very much connected with like sort of magic and mysticism and like even Mephisto, which is kind of their version of the devil. And so you have in the New Mutants movie the chance that, yes, this is someone, some mutant's powers overreacting and causing crazy horror set up or maybe it's re- actual demons who knows i like to think that since they're like in the hospital and stuff they just got like really weird or shitty powers <laughs> like one of them's got just a really sticky back is their power <laughs> and they just can't leave one of them is uh like can be made of fire and all that stuff yeah. If I was one of those mutants, I wouldn't be afraid of anything. Like those kids in those that trailer seem scared of that stuff. But if I could, if well, I they're... could turn my body into fire, I think I'd be pretty confident. Well, but he has to learn to control it, and like that's the thing is, all of these are you know new mutants. They're just getting their powers. They don't know how to control it. Do you know who the villain in that movie is? I would imagine it's that sort of doctor we're seeing in the trailer. And it's just sort of a human is abusing them, and that's what's causing someone's powers to freak out and cause horror movie setup. Hey, if you guys were a new mutant, because I was here's the thing about X Men that always freaked me out. That's like kind of why I was thinking about the weird powers and stuff. Like, <laughs> let's say X Men are real, and you turn into a mutant. What do you think your power is going to be? Because I think, for me, it's going to be something that's really useless and stupid. Like, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to have a friend, like, that friend who's also a single child and always got all the cool toys. He's probably going to be able to fly and have super strength. And I'm probably going to end up being able to shoot sour apple fruit roll-ups out of my wrists (laughs) like (laughs) Spider-Man. But then you'll always have access to sour apple fruit yeah. roll-ups. Always, or I'm going to be the guy who has a really sticky back. <laughs> Mine would probably just be something incredibly lame. I'm, re- I'm trying to remember. There was a Spider-Man comic where, for reasons in the comic, they had to kind of give people a superpower mm-hmm. in order to make them immune to this disease. And so they manufactured this just really bad mutant ability 
for all for all of New York to receive, and it's just oh, they'll all now just know which direction north is. <laughs> <laughs> and like it was when J. Jonah Jameson was married, he's like, but all the streets are numbered. Everyone knows where north is, and they're like, look, we're doing the best we can with what we got. <laughs> Awesome. So I figure I'll just have like, oh yeah, North is right over there. <laughs> I've always thought that um, it'd be cool to have mind reading abilities, but in everything you've ever seen with somebody who's mind reading abilities, they can't turn it off. So it's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is so. This is also a curse, you know. Like, oh, I can hear by. What if they? I can tell what everybody's thinking, but I can't turn it off, so I can't go to a restaurant. You know, like yeah, I know my mom yeah, is like me. True Blood. You know. But if yeah. you could, but so the caveat would be, I could only use it when I needed it, right? What about on the yeah. flip side, you had psychic abilities, but you couldn't turn them on. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's what I'm dealing with all day. <laughs> I just know that I have the ability to be able to tell what you guys are thinking. <laughs> You but just, I just cannot <laughs> seem to figure out how to do it. But I know it's in there. I sit in restaurants and cannot hear anybody's thoughts. <laughs> you know, Noah, that's very uplifting. Maybe I've had superpowers this whole time, but just can't turn the dang things on. Yeah. Ser- I'd like to know this answer seriously, though. What what power you guys would want? Because this is inter- I think this is an interesting question. I don't even want to want them. Like... Oh, you've seen just, enough movies to know it's a curse. To, so. No, I just, I just, I don't even want to worry about it. It ain't gonna happen. And if it did happen, I'm gonna get the sucky one. Like to me, the cool one to have would be like telekinesis because you can do all kinds of stuff. Like I could get stuff out of the fridge. Now here's the thing: bed. if you get telekinesis, then you get fat. You're gonna get fat. You get fat. Yeah. That's right. You get yeah. fat. Uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, but. But then you could just lift yourself and carry yourself wherever you want to go. And if you get if you have if you can fly, you're gonna have bad skin. Because one, you're gonna get bugs and shit in your face and teeth, and you're gonna be constantly wind burnt on your face. Okay, what if I got a giant windshield that I also <laughs> lifted in front of me? And so I flew behind the windshield. Then your superpower above flying is going to be looking like a dumbass. <laughs> the, th- the thing about flying, and we, I've seen enough movies about people who can fly to know, there's always a moment where you suddenly can't fly, and you will always fall, and that sounds terrifying. It's not even worth flying. True. Yeah. I, I, would be, I would be okay with having the ability to fly if I could do it about four feet off the ground and about seven miles an hour. You want to be a, a slow levitator. I don't even know. I don't know where I'm going that I need to go faster than seven miles an hour. In my day-to-day life, I never I never come across a situation where I got to go So you just want basically the ability to walk, but, you know, just without your legs having to touch the ground. And then we're back to getting fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here comes, here comes flying fatty down the street. Yeah. Here floating down the street. Hey, all that flying's going right to your yeah. thighs. Oh, you're doing a great job with all that flying. Why don't you lay yeah. off the ice cream? Why don't you fly to the donut shop? <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Diabetes. Diabetes is, you know, the problem. What, fi- what powers What powers light. do you get that you don't turn fat? Invisibility? How do you get fat? Be Metabol- high metabolism. That's it. Super yeah. speed, yeah. <laughs> super, sp- 
Super speed gives you a high metabolism Hold on now. anyway. That's the thing, though, about super speed. Hold on. If you can run really fast like that, or you're not working out. You're not working off that much energy. Like, you're not working out the same amount of energy you would. Hold on. I, I don't know how to phrase this. I think you're wrong. I watch the Flash TV show every week. Let's say <laughs> you're running 10 miles an hour, and you're burning like something like 500 calories an hour or something. If you're running like 700 miles an hour, are you burning like 7 million or 7 like thousand calories an hour? Or are you just well, like, all- or is your like, are your powers just like pushing you along? I think generally how it's shown in most media is like your metabolism increases, which has its own problems because then you have to eat like 20 times more than what you normally would each day. Not badass. As soon as you lose your powers, which you inevitably will, turn into a fattest. Everyone has the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man moment of losing their powers. <laughs> yeah. Usually when they stop believing in themselves. But like if if you like Storm, you can only use your uh-huh. powers if you're fighting somebody. Right? Yeah! And you probably <laughs> no, know, it'd probably no, just be inconvenient. No, I don't like no, having storms yeah. around. I don't want to create a storm. There are no practical applications well, no. in your daily life. No, there there are tons of practical applications for storms. What, to get out of things, get out of picnics, get out of picnics and agents. Look, just it, like just like uh Getting to stay the night at your girlfriend's place? <laughs> Sorry, I can't leave. It's storming pretty bad out there. I'll just wait till it stops raining. <laughs> it will never stop raining. <laughs> it's gonna get worse. She could irrigate crops. That's exciting. <laughs> right. You're right. So then you get just get but used it's... by every country around the world constantly. <laughs> hey, could you come over to Ethiopia? We got a it's a hot one here. I think what we've what what we've come to here is that you have to have the only convenient and useful power, uncontrollable laser eyes, <laughs> like Cyclops. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with having out-of-control laser eyes. I struggle to find the flaw in your argument. Here's a, Okay, you want to know what I want? I want to be able to make myself invisible from, like, right above the ankle down. What? Yeah, just right above the ankle down. That'd be that. That's good enough for me. If I can have that, I'm not gonna complain. So that way, you can always be, you know, you can always be suitable for Victorian catalog. I just don't want people to know. When, I just don't. I just don't want people to know when I'm in the bathroom at work. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna lead to a lot of awkward situations, Noah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, oh, I didn't uh, think anybody's in here. I locked the door. Yeah, and then someone busted in. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I thought no one was in here. I didn't see any feet. So you're just asking to be constantly having the door kicked in at work because people are like, "Why are you here?" Yeah, but see, I don't even need that one because I've got way more practical solutions. What I do is I just take an extra <laughs> pair of shoes with me to work, and when I go to the bathroom, I just change shoes. Hey, guys, you're never going to believe what I just saw. There's a guy in the stall with no feet pleasuring himself on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy, am I? <laughs> Would you prefer you're crazy or, oh, that's just Noah again? <laughs> Also, Noah, now you have me worried about what you do in the bathroom at work <laughs> that requires such such depths of secrecy. <laughs> we all share that bathroom, man. Come on. 
<laughs> oh look, I look, I know it's not you guys, but that bathroom at WLEX, I've never seen a collective group of men in a place that get, know how to uh, how to properly use a restroom less than the <laughs> yeah. men of WLEX. <laughs> <laughs> that sink was backed up. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. That was weird. <laughs> What's another superpower I want? Flying would be good, but just for more entertainment purposes, because you can't effectively really use it. Well, right? but you could. Like, I would love to fly just because then I get to skip traffic on my way to work. That's the lamest thing <laughs> anyone could ever do with flying. Wow. <laughs> Ima- you're imagining. That is an incredibly still, boring use I of flying. I still go dude. to work. I can fly, and I still go to work, and I'm worried about being on time. <laughs> Hey, you're late again, Daniel. Guess what? I can fly. Okay? Oh, no more coming in at 10.08 for me. <laughs> I'm just going to skip that traffic and retire and retire at the appropriate age. That real, Daniel, Noah's correct. That is a terrible reason to want to be able to fly. And I'm going to fly the appropriate speed limit. <laughs> I will call every morning to check in with air traffic control, make sure my flight plan is fine. I just want to make sure I'm not crossing paths with anyone else. Safety first. The weird thing is, I still stop at stoplights. I don't know why. I don't need to. The thing I'd be worried about flying, though, is that somebody around here would try to shoot at me. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, at least with, like, mind reading, you could make out like you don't have a superpower. No one would ever know. Right. Well, until so. you do the thing that happens to everyone with mind reading, where something hits you and overwhelms you, and you scream out, and you hear <laughs> a loud ringing sound. Yeah. Ooh, ah! But you forgot. I said I could turn it off. That's what Jean Grey always thought. I'm trying to now think of an even lamer superpower or an even <laughs> yeah, lamer. I use can tie a tie super fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got one. If you were, what if you were like the Hulk? Only instead of like getting angry and getting really strong, you got really strong when you got sad. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be called the Incredible Sulk. <laughs> oh. oh, how long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> a couple minutes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen years he's been sitting on that one. Finally, I'm done with this podcast. I got the joke <laughs> I wanted to get. It only took two episodes. <laughs> Goodbye. Seacrest out. What? Okay. Well, here's a question. What in comics is the worst superpower you guys could think of? Matter eater lad. <laughs> I what? was gonna go bouncing boy. Matter eater lad. He can eat anything. Matter. Oh, matter eater. Like M A T T E. Matter yeah. eater lad. Why would he want to eat anything? Because he was made in the seventies. That is a bad one. Because bouncing boy is just a rotund child who can bounce. I have like I I I, uh, I have a book that. Uh, it's like all just the worst superheroes and like Look, their powers. We get and stuff. it. You can read. <laughs> and there was one that it was. It was just showing like the oddest superhero stuff that ever came out. And it was like, and I can read in IMAX too, by the way. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, it was. It showed Matter Eater Lad, and it was a cover. It had a cover of one of his comics where he was like eating his way underground, <laughs> like a mole would. <laughs> I will say, though, Matter Eater Lad 
does not have the worst name in comics. I hold to that is Gold Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which arguably is actually a case, it's a strong case for worst My favorite James Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> Gold Balls. What does he do? <laughs> no, take a guess. What is Gold Balls' superpower? I like to think that he's got some of those, like, what are they? The, like, ch- I don't want to say this because you're going to laugh. <laughs> you're making fun of me. <laughs> no, now you have to. Yep, now you got to. What? Oh, God. What are those, like, Chinese, like, energy balls or something that people, like, move around? I'm trying to find a way to say this without it sounding <laughs> way suggestive. Like, you move around in your hand. Like, I guess if you have arthritis or something. <laughs> Old Chinese healing balls. What? Like, come on. Oh, those, like, things you you move around your knuckles? Yeah, close enough. Is it those? Only he can, like, throw them? I mean, basically, he is a mutant who can just kind of spontaneously create gold balls of various sizes that just kind of bounce at people. Oh, various sizes. He's not just stuck with a one-size-fits-all gold ball? <laughs> no, he has gold balls for all occasions. Oh, nice. Yeah. One of my favorite things with terrible superhero names is they used to do these like larger than normal comic book issues called Giant Size. Marvel used to do this, and so they'd have Giant Size X-Men, Giant Size Spider-Man. And they wanted to keep that branding consistent, and at one point they had Giant Size Man-Thing. And clearly no one ever thought that was a bad idea to put that on the front of a comic. <laughs> Giant Size Man-Thing. <laughs> 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 Who is your least favorite superhero? Human Torch. I don't like him. You don't like Human Torch? Well, I yeah, no. I don't. I actually, let's. I'm gonna change that. I don't like the uh, DC version of Human Torch, where it's like an old dude and a young guy that merge together. Firestorm. Yeah, Firestorm. I don't like him. See, when it's done correctly, I can kind of get behind Firestorm. I, I've read exactly one good Firestorm story. I might go Hawkman. I'm not sure I've ever read a really good Hawkman story. Well, what does he do just than fly? He swings a mace. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Is it? Because, I mean, yeah, I right. could swing a mace. Can you? Maybe argued that, that <laughs> carrying a big mace around sucks if you're flying. It's right? very dangerous if you're flying. Chris, who's your least favorite superhero? I'm trying to think who I don't have an interest in. I don't particularly particularly have an interest in the Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, that's the yeah. first thing I thought of whenever you like brought that up. I was like, eh, Fantastic Four. Like, and maybe that's yeah. just because those movies have not been good and they've just been really Dolesville. And but like they're... in mainstream wise, those have not work, ever worked. Yeah, and yeah. they're tough to even make work in comics because they can never hang on to a series. It actually might be the Fantastic Four. Reed Richards is pretty uninteresting. And they don't even write those comics anymore, actually. Yeah, they closed it out a year or two ago. The movie sucked so bad it killed the comics. <laughs> the comics were on their way out anyway. <laughs> so, uh, even though I like the newer X-Men movies, some of those characters I find boring. Like, I find um, Beast pretty boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I know a lot of people find Cyclops boring, because especially in the movies, he's just kind of default superhero personality. Yeah, He's actually like the leader in the comics and stuff. That's a tough sell for people who watch the movies. They're like, oh, he, he's the leader of the team. You're like, you mean Wolverine? It's like, no, no, the 
the guy with uncontrollable laser well, they eyes. Get, they had to give him something. All he's got's laser eyes. Let him be team captain. Whatever. <laughs> he's got laser <laughs> eyes and Jean Grey. He's the one who has to do all the paperwork and make sure to remember to text everybody before they <laughs> show up for a mission. So let him be. It's fine. Now, Storm, I'm expense reporting your uh, recent trip here. Did you really need to stop for coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I will say none of us picked the one I think a lot of people would pick, which is Aquaman. But I think that's just because people make fun of him. But I've read some good Aquaman stories. Yeah, nah, man. Aquaman's cool. Everybody who hates Aquaman just go away. But still I, listen. Just download the podcast, but don't listen to it. Well, maybe he just hasn't been represented well yet. Well, not yeah. in the movies, I guess. Not in the movies. Hopefully well, that'll change. Him. He's not even been represented in a movie, I guess. No, he was in the Smallville TV show, and that's about I don't, it. I don't even think he's going to be represented in this movie. I think it's more or less just going to be standard Jason Momoa character <laughs> with a trident. <laughs> we gave Jason Momoa a trident and saw what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we have some actually very significant business news here on your leading business insider podcast, Nerds for Normal People. And that is a current story going around that Disney and Fox have been in talks to basically have Disney buy 20th Century Fox. And that seems kind of boring, but it has some cool side things for the nerd community. Most of all, it focuses on two things. That would bring all of the Marvel characters back under the same umbrella, because they have the deal with Sony about Spider-Man. This would bring Fantastic Four and X-Men back to the Marvel proper. The other thing is Fox owns the distribution rights and pretty much everything associated with Star Wars New Hope, including, as I found out recently, even the opening music that played over the crawl for all those movies. They've had to do different music later on because Fox still owns that score. And so this could be big if it happens. It's going back and forth as to whether they're actually talking or not. But first off, and probably mainly the Marvel stuff, would you be excited to see those characters return back to Marvel? Uh, I don't know. Does that mean they go back at the X-Men again from like start over or do they just like keep going with the ones they have now? I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Oh, you mean actually the characters? You're not talking about actors. Uh, probably the actors who are currently portraying the X Men in the current run. Yeah, you can't do that. I think Hugh Jackman doesn't want to do it anymore. Everybody else is old. I mean, Halle Berry is like a she's an older lady now. Yeah, you know I say I mean? just give X Men a rest too. Like I don't, I don't even like it anymore. If you want to reboot the X Men, first you got to make an X Men movie. To establish them all before you can kind of plug them into everything else. And so it's going to take you two years, three years to develop and film, release an X-Men movie before you take two or three years to develop and release your next big giant everybody in the Marvel Universe movie to mm -hmm. get them in there. So you're looking at six years before the X-Men are really like a proper part of the, the canon, you know? Yes, I can, and I think honestly, X Men. The tricky thing there is, it's those movies are still reasonably successful. Like the thing that would have me excited is possibly getting a good Fantastic Four movie out of it. Yeah, I'd like to see a Fantastic Four movie with like Galactus or something. That'd be cool. It's not a smoke monster. Sorry, that's that was that didn't count. Mm. I don't like movies with smoke monsters. No, thank you. 
What if you saw a d- story of a detective who was also a smoke monster? Ooh. But do they play it straight? Like, nobody really talks about that he's a smoke monster, he just is one? <laughs> he's just there holding some coffee in his strange, smoky arm. Mm. Uh, I'd give it a... I'd give it three episodes or seasons or something. Three episodes or seasons? <laughs> yeah. That'd be fine. Sure, I'll watch it. But he's not a monster, then. He just feels like one because of the work that he does. He just feels like he's losing his humanity and that he's a smoke monster, but he's actually... A smoke guy with a really big heart and a lot to give. <laughs> but I don't like, like, Fantastic Beasts with Smoke Monster. And, like, uh, The Happening even kind of has a smoke monster. Fantastic Four, Smoke Monster, Never Ending Story, Smoke Monster, Lost, Smoke Monster. I'm sick of time. It's like, it's like if you're a screenwriter and you don't know what else to do, you just add a big smoke monster to your story. If you're stuck on the third act of your story, don't know where to go, just put a giant smoke monster in there. I think too it's a it was a hot special effect for a while. Yeah. It was, you know. Though yeah. I, I do always love the fact that the happenings villain is more or less a wind machine just off camera, giant smoke monster. <laughs> Actually, when I was watching Thor Ragnarok, and then like later when I heard this news, I thought he uh, Taika Waititi wouldn't be a bad choice for a Fantastic Four movie because they're all about like exploring the cosmos and seeing cool stuff. Yeah. I'd be alright, I mean, just pick someone else. Yeah, I think the coolest thing involved in that is you would get back access to all of those villains. Because mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four... Yeah, like Four, Doom! Like, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, basically between them, have all of Marvel's really good villains, with the exception of Spider-Man's. And so you have, you know, the Scrolls, Galactus, Doctor Doom... Kang! Kang! <laughs> Annihilus, even. Who is Kang? I know that name. Kang is Kang the Conqueror. He is a time traveler from the future who basically goes around and rules certain areas. He's usually an Avengers villain, but he's more tied initially to the Fantastic Four. And he would make a great villain for like an Avengers movie, but they sadly don't have the rights to him. I, I think the bigger thing though is just the fact that Disney is starting to like own everything. So like they they you know they for the uh release of like Last Jedi, they're demanding that theaters show it on their biggest auditorium for four weeks mm-hmm. minimum. And then also they have to give like sixty five percent of their ticket sales instead of 45, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney is taking a huge power move with uh, The Last Jedi. Because, like, on some theaters, they only have one or two screens, and that's going to kill them. Well, I mean, that's the biggest movie, so I don't know if that's going to kill them. But still, well, it's true. just kind of a... It's just kind of a bleh thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. You can't shit on Disney because these things are great. Yeah, but These they... Marvel movies are great. The The Force Awakens was great. I mean, like... They haven't messed it up yet. Now, once they mess it up, then you can start being like, well, Disney's ruined everything. But right now, everything's firing on all cylinders. However, Chris, here's an interesting thing. is Fox took a few... I'm not sure if they were desperate moves, but they took a few risks with the X-Men and Mutant brand that I'm not sure if Disney owned the rights to, they would have. And you're looking at Deadpool and Logan, where they said, all right, fine, we'll make an R-rated movie. And I'm not sure Disney would have made those 
and I'm not sure I want a PG-13 Deadpool. Well, putting all the movie stuff aside, I just don't like the idea of like companies just buying up every other company and oh, becoming yeah, these exactly. massive, like super companies. Like, just that's just not good, whether they put out good movies or not. And it's limiting the amount of like studios, so like creative things are just eventually it'll just be like Disney and like one tiny indie company it hasn't bought yet. Because there's even reports now like Paramount is down twenty five percent of its funding for its movies, and there's talking they're like, you think Disney's going after them? Well, Disney could do it, but they'd have to do what they did in the nineties, which is purchase a small studio that they could launder their R-rated movies through. Like, do you guys remember Touchstone Pictures? Uh-huh. Like, Touchstone, back in the 90s, they did, like, um, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. I mean, they, they, they did all the R-rated movies. They were Disney movies, but they are laundered through the name Touchstone. And right. so they kind of didn't come off as Disney movies. And if they did this, they could maintain the branding of, like, 20th Century Fox for those projects. They also own Sunny, like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, part of the deal includes like would include FX and National Geographic. It would not include Fox, the TV network, because of antitrust laws. They can't own two major networks. It wouldn't include Fox Sports or Fox News or any of the local affiliates. They would be a boss of mine because I work for National Geographic. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh no, now we have to delete everything that Chris has said. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting idea. I mean, like, again, I mean, I know that I know I get all the, the natural arguments of monopoly, you know, giant entity gobbling up everything else, but until they start messing them up, I mean, it's going pretty good, right? Why complain? Like, part of me would be interested to see the stories they could tell if you could include mutants and scrolls and, like, those kinds of characters into the existing Marvel Universe. But also part of me is like, I don't know, I think having some diversity of who's making movies, or at least diversity of companies making movies, helps. Well, I don't know. that. <laughs> There's an that that's one way of looking at it, but uh, Disney's making all the good ones for that, like for superheroes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no one else is making any good ones, so man, I don't know. Deadpool and Logan were good, and that's about it. <laughs> it's kind of like Disney about Star Wars, and you're like, oh, Disney about Star Wars, but you know what they did? They are going to create an entire Star Wars theme park that's going to be amazing. Yeah, and they made. The best remastered version of A New Hope that I have ever seen in The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> that really is a good remaster of The New Hope. It <laughs> captures everything. Oh, we will. I'm sure as the movie gets close, I'll get to. We'll get to talk more about. Are you guys going to see it in IMAX? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if I can pony up enough money. Uh, it's just nineteen dollars. You guys my, don't have nineteen dollars. pawn something. <laughs> Let me start putting <laughs> savings away now. How much will you give me for my wedding <laughs> ring? <laughs> I, I will say this though: I predict that Marvel is due to take a bath on something. They just there's too many movies right now. One of these movies is going to tank and I be think it's terrible. Black Panther. Really. I don't know if it's going to be Black Panther. I also would say I think Marvel has had maybe not commercial flops, but some critical ones. I mean, the other two Thor movies, Doctor Strange is, it's fun, but it's also, it feels like a generic superhero film. I just feel like it's coming, like, I, I nothing against 
Black Panther or anything, but they're overdue for a shitty Marvel movie, so it's, I'm sure it's either that one or it's the one right after it. And I don't want it to be the one right after it, because then it's going to be the Infinity War one. So, better be Black Panther instead of Infinity War. What if it... I mean, it could be the Ant-Man sequel, because it might just be they can't recapture the magic of the original. When is that, when is that coming out? Uh, 2019, I believe. Well, that that's like way after, though. I'm talking like the next two movies that come out, one of those is going to suck. Oh, wait, it says 2018. Maybe that is the one that comes out next. Are they shooting it now? They have started production on it, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, that's Evangeline Lilly, right? Mm-hmm. But it looks like from this, they've also cast like a Janet Van Dyne. A Janet Van Dyne, just 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 one. <laughs> Didn't want to get a team of them. <laughs> hey, it's the microverse. It could happen. Yeah, I will say another a cool thing. Star Wars related, like if potentially they got the rights back to New Hope, maybe we could finally get like a uh, digitally remastered version of the original trilogy without all of George Lucas's after edits. That would be cool. If there was like an illegal way you could watch that that I saw recently, but I, I don't. It's it's illegal, and I would never do it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, my parents still have the VHS copies, and those are some of the only ways you can see the original movie. Actually, I, I do too. Well, it's the first re-release, so it's not even the originals. Dang it. Yeah. I used to have those. Uh, I think I still have Empire Strikes Back of the original tape, but that's it. I mean, supposedly if you get the laser disc, you also get the <laughs> uh, <laughs> unedited Star Wars. Mm. That's commitment, though, to buy a laser disc player. <laughs> Find an old laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> you have to really. I bet someone has it. Someone is like, I own Star Wars on all these mediums, and my favorite is laser disc. <laughs> I just like, you know, it's a DVD that's the size of a record. What could possibly be the problem? <laughs> the bigger the disc, the better. <laughs> bigger disc, more quality. All right, well, we'll wrap this up. Well, if you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about, feel free to send us a message. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Dunstan. Anyone else want to give theirs or just let me get all the hate mail? If you have any questions for me, then stuff them in your sock and forget about them. Yep, if you want to reach me, I am at Daniel Dunstan. (laughs) (laughs) If if you have any negative comments, I'm at Daniel Dunstan. Any positive comments, find the other two. (laughs) (laughs) And if you just want to harass me on Twitter, I am at Daniel Dunstan (laughs) at your service. And if you have any suggestions of future topics, send them our way. From me and Chris and Noah, I just want to say thank you for joining us, and see you, nerds. <laughs>